things the way that it should be If we are really going to see Homegrown is the way that it should be What's up, you wonderful home growers? That's right, it's your boy Chronic from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube. And I'm back in this episode of the Homegrown Podcast, brought to you by Homegrown Cannabis Co. In this episode, I'm going to teach you wonderful listeners some more about this amazing plant we share a passion for, cannabis. That's right, sit back and roll one up as I discuss how to stop your plants from turning into a hermaphrodite in this first segment. And then in the second segment, I'll be teaching you listeners how to spot the difference between nano and a true hermaphrodite. Let's break into it. For many cultivators, hermaphroditism in cannabis is a serious issue that many of us face. Whether it's a light leak problem, environmental issue, genetic issue, or overstress issue, hermaphrodites can seriously affect the outcome of your crop, especially when you have multiple plants growing in that same area. One nanner or male part can pollinate an entire room. You'd be surprised how powerful pollen really is. So how do we stop our plants from turning into a hermaphrodite? Well, there are various ways a plant can hermy on a cultivator, so we'll break down each way that can potentially cause male parts to form or a nanner and how to prevent it. Light leaks tend to be some of the biggest issues for many cultivators. When growing photoperiod plants, you have to make sure wherever you're growing has proper light cycles for photoperiods. That means outdoor growers have to rely on vegging their plants all year for harvest in the fall, whereas indoor growers have to specifically manipulate the light cycle within their grow room, grow tent, or setup. Even a pinhole light leak can be enough for some genetics to prompt male parts to form. So make sure that your area is absolutely dark during the dark periods. This is essential to preventing a hermaphrodite from light leaks. We always recommend those buying tents to buy more quality brand tents for photo periods such as Spider Farmer or Mars Hydro Tents, Agromax Tents, or Gorilla Grow Tents. There are other brands out there that are quality, just do your research and purchase a quality tent. Thicker material holds up much longer and usually prevents light leaks. That's why Agromax and Gorilla Grow Tents get our top spots. Once you've fixed all your light leak issues, you then need to consider environmental conditions such as too much heat, too much cold, not enough airflow, or too much wind. All these could prompt male parts or nanners to form. When growing cannabis, cannabis likes to be within specific ranges for temperatures and humidity. The easiest and least complicated environment to understand is an equal pressure environment. Having one intake fan pulling air in, we always recommend your fans being attached to carbon filters to keep pest or dirt out of your grow room, and one outtake fan pulling air out, also on a carbon filter. You would want one or two fans within your room as well, and this will create an even pressure environment, air being pushed around and being pushed in as quick as it's being taken out. The internal temperature of your tent you'll want to be around is about 70 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, with hot temperatures of 81 degrees but no hotter, and cool temperatures as low as 58 degrees but not much colder. Cold and hot times are not recommended, as these can induce stress and cause nanners if CO2 is not being implemented, if the genetics are unstable, or if you allow your plants in those ranges for too long. You'll want to maintain 45 to 55% relative humidity with a maximum of 60%. This will be the most ideal environment most growers utilize. Now there are positive and negative pressure environments. Environments. However, they do require more knowledge on CO2 application, different speed inline fans, and creating a dialed-in environment that doesn't fluctuate. These are more advanced and we recommend just sticking to the ideal environment we just went over if you're seeking to prevent any chance of Hermi traits from environmental factors. If you decide to grow in the stable environment, you really shouldn't face any environmental issues that would cause nanners or male pollen sacs. Now if you've double checked for light leaks, you've dialed in your environment, and you still pop a nanner or male part on your girl, 
girl. It could potentially be from genetics. Genetics always have a massive role to play in whether or not your plant will have higher hermaphroditism traits or not. This is why on almost any podcast that I mention genetics in, I always preach how important it is to source your genetics from a stable breeder. Stable and quality genetics will absolutely make or break your grow. You could have a seriously stable strain all the way to flower, yet since in its lineage there were high hermy traits, it could potentially pop nanners or male parts at the slightest bit of stress, or just simply do it no matter what. This is why sourcing your genetics from those who have phenol hunted, line bred, and stabilized their strains is very important. Genetics is a lot more advanced and in depth than just chucking some pollen on a plant and calling it the next biggest strain on the market. This is why I seriously recommend Homegrown Cannabis Co. so much, as I have tested almost every form of training on all my autoflowers and my photo period with zero signs of hermaphroditism. The only hermy I faced was due to my light leak issue, and once I fixed the strain, it was so stable that she dropped almost all the male parts and reverted back to putting energy into flower development. She only seeded out two or three colas on one side, and that was out of 27 or more, so that's not so bad. So for putting my girls through the ringer with trainings, transplants, full defoliation, late flower, and all sorts of crazy techniques, I have to give Homegrown Cannabis Co. an absolute A-plus on stable genetics. So definitely check them out at www.homegrown.com homegrowncannabisco.com and snag some phenomenal seeds today, seriously. Now the last possibility for hermaphrodite traits to appear within your grow on one of your girls could potentially be overstressing your plant. Now that comes back to genetics in a sense. However, no matter how stably genetic, every single plant has a genetic predetermined stress marker that if too much stress is induced, it will self-preservate and pop nanners or male parts. So no matter what the genetics, overstressing a plant can potentially cause nanners or male parts. This is why when you do training techniques, it's always best to line your training days up with feeding days to allow your girls to have access to nutrients to heal more rapidly than otherwise having to source nutrients in their soil. Overstressing can be caused from many things such as defoliation. I know many novice growers who defoliate too heavy late flower and prop the nanner or two and end up seeding out their entire plant or plants. This is because after day 21 of flower, plants really need to access all the stored energy inside of those fan leaves and generally any damage at that point in large doses seriously impacts flower flower development. This usually prompts the plant to tell itself, oh no, I'm dying, which then it prompts itself to put energy into creating nanners or pollen sacs. Once this happens, you either have to very carefully pluck them with tweezers and hope no more form, or you allow your girl to self-pollinate. You can also cut down your plant, but I personally see that as a waste. Many times hermaphrodites actually test higher than their sister counterparts when it comes to potency. Your bud structure may take a hit since you're producing seeds, and you may lose some cannabinoid compounds, but you would also be losing everything if you cut it down. Now, if you didn't overstress stress your plant through defoliation, it could potentially be from a super crop or crop. Many growers use these techniques to strengthen branches. However, many times accidentally, it happens from lights falling on plants, growers dropping items on their plants, or trying to tie down a branch you thought had more elasticity, but it snaps on you. This can most definitely prompt nanners or pollen sacs to be formed, depending on how much damage was caused, and at what stage of the plant's life this damage happened, or if the plant's producing ethylene already. So there's a high chance you'll probably get a nanner or pollen sac if any of those things exist. Now, if you don't super crop or crop your plants, topping and fimming or lulling popping in some cases can cause a hermit. Now, these training techniques are far less likely to cause a nanner or pollen sac, and if they do, you probably have very unstable genetics. Most cannabis plants will be able to handle Swayze methods, Cushman methods, a top or a fim, as well as most other training techniques. These aren't too high doses of training. However, if done late flower, any form of stress can prompt nanners or male parts to form. It's best to do all your training by day 20 
21 of flower and anything after that minor defoliation like removing a fan leaf that's blocking a bud site for instance. The last stressor that could potentially cause nanner or pollen sacs to form would be light intensity. If a plant is given too high dose of par, it could potentially cause a serious amount of stress or bleach the tops of your bud or plant white. This causes your plant to be unable to use chlorophyll in those spots which is bleached which directly affects photosynthesis to take place which in turn causes severe stress which in turn causes severe stress which can prompt nanners or pollen sacs. So be sure to hang your light the appropriate distance based on the par numbers you need. Now all these principles go hand in hand with preventing hermaphrodites in autoflowers as well. However the light cycle with autoflowers should really never cause a hermaphrodite. It doesn't matter if you give it 2 hours or 24 hours. Ruderalis traits honed in that much should never prompt any end of life or self preservation from light times. So autoflowers really aren't any different when it comes to the rest of the preventative measures. Just remember autoflowers do have a lower stress threshold than photoperiod and require more of a healing time in between training. We also recommend not doing as much training in one session on an autoflower like you can with photoperiods. Stable genetics are very key to preventing hermaphroditism in autoflowers as the genetic makeup of autoflowers is already a mixture of unique genetic traits. So having a more stable strain will better your chances of harvesting a female only plant. And this is why I always recommend Homegrown Canvas Co. They have some of my favorite autoflowers of all time and their blueberry autoflower is absolutely insane and one of the most potent plants I've ever grown. But be sure to check your grow area for light leaks. Make sure to have your environmental conditions dialed in. Be sure to purchase quality genetics like Homegrown Cannabis Co. Do not overstress your plant with training or par. And remember autoflowers are a little easier to cause a hermy with than photoperiods. We do hope you enjoyed this first segment on how to prevent hermaphroditism within your cannabis plants. Now enjoy this break with at NateHammer420 from Instagram. I want to pause for a moment to tell you about a new range of homegrown seeds and where they have come from. When Isaac Newton coined the phrase, standing on the shoulders of giants, he was talking about the amazing minds that came before him. It's a phrase that embodies the homegrown collaboration with Steve D'Angelo, Kyle Cushman, Nikki Lestretto, and Swami Chaitanya. They are your giants. These legends are sharing more than just their vast amounts of knowledge. However, they also have a range of homegrown seeds we have lovingly christened cultivars with character. Each seed is a personal favorite, a specially chosen pheno selected for resilience, reliability, and ease of growth. Basically, they're more forgiving phenotypes of classic, time-honored cultivars with all of the quality. My advice? Choose their seeds, stand on their shoulders, and aim high. It's exactly what they're here for. Head over to homegrowncannabisco.com for more details. Welcome back from that amazing break with at NateHammer420 from Instagram. Be sure to go give him some love. His page is full of behind the scenes and awesome content. We hope you wonderful listeners have enjoyed this episode this far. And we want to remind you to follow along on whichever platform you're tuning in from. That way you don't miss out on any amazing episodes we release. Now in this segment, we'll be breaking down the difference between a true hermaphrodite and nanners. First off, what is a true hermaphrodite in cannabis? In cannabis, you have XX plants XY plants and a variation of XY that could potentially have double chromosomes. These we call hermaphrodites. XX plants are female only plants or are the feminized plants many consumers purchase. XY plants are your regular cannabis seeds that have a 50-50 shot of being male or female. The cannabis plants with a variation of X or Y that show double chromosomes of one we call hermaphrodites. This is because generally hermaphrodites in cannabis, genetic hermaphrodites that is, show XYY traits, having higher chances of male traits coming through even if it becomes a female 
male plant. This means at any point throughout its life, if it self-preservates, those male hormones will most likely become dominant. Instead of just popping a nanner, it will instead produce full-on male parts. These male parts look like small grape-like clusters that are greenish in tone and will eventually produce pollen. Open and release it. This is a true hermaphrodite. Now, true hermaphrodites can also be XY or XX plants. Now, how does that work exactly? True hermaphrodite just means that particular female plant stopped producing its female hormones and swapped over to producing male hormones or parts. Whereas when a plant produces a nanner, it maintains female hormone production while producing a few small banana shaped like pollen sacs to allow its genetics to live on. Now, how exactly are these two pollen sacs different besides the actual shape? Well, let's discuss shape first as that's the most obvious indicator if you have a true hermaphrodite or a plant that's just trying to self-preservate or was overstressed. Male pollen sacs will form in clusters. They form where nodes form or potentially underneath already developed bud. They are grape-like in shape and have greenish color tone. Now, nanners are called nanners for their banana-like shape. They come shooting out like two or three tiny bananas in a cluster, first starting out as green-like color tone and quickly shifting to a yellow tone, like a banana. These nanners eventually open up and release pollen as well. This pollen will have a lower chance of hermitrates within that genetic makeup as the male hormone was not released. This is one of the biggest genetic differences of a true male hormonal hermaphrodite and a stress-induced nanner-filled plant, as male hormone hermaphrodites will exhibit higher chances of producing an extra chromosome within the genetic makeup. This will create a hermaphroditism trait that prompts most offspring to create pollen sacs with ease. This is something as a breeder we do not ever want to breed into our lineage. Now if your plant pops an anner and no male traits, it will be whatever genetic chromosomal makeup that it's stored within its own DNA. So for instance, if it's a feminized plant that's already XX and carries no Y chromosome, all of the offspring should remain XX, meaning self-pollinated first generation offspring. These are considered S1 in genetic terms, whereas F1 means filial or having a mother and father, parent, or parents that exhibit XY chromosome. So the key difference for nanners versus pollen sacs will be shape, size, color tones, as well as the actual genetic makeup or DNA of the pollen itself. Now in breeding, there are forced hermaphrodites for breeding purposes, and occasionally they will produce full-on male parts. However, breeders who force self-pollination have generally sprayed these mothers with a feminizing spray such as colloidal silver at 30 ppm or higher, or a theosulfate solution. Silver then binds to the copper, which stops the Y chromosome from being produced, or the male hormone. However, the plant can still potentially pop full-on male pollen sacs as the plant starts a self-preservation process. This is how we create feminized offspring or collect feminized pollen. Now, most feminized plants generally pop nanners over full-blown sacs. However, you can absolutely produce male pollen sacs when creating your own feminized seeds. If you see this happen, genetically you should be safe and free of hermy traits, as you were using colloidal silver or theosulfate to prop hermaphroditism where silver binds to copper. You can rest assured that your silver will prevent those Y chromosomes from forming and your offspring should all be XX chromosome. So let's recap. Pollen sacs from true hermaphrodites will look like clusters of grapes green in tone, whereas nanners will look like two or three bananas formed together and will eventually become yellow in color. Now they do start out green. Genetically, true hermaphrodites though carry XY genes and potentially an extra chromosome, whereas nanners generally consist of the same chromosomal makeup as their mother. So if the plant is XX, it will only carry XX pollen. So keep your 
garden free and clear of hermaphrodites. Now that you all know how not only to prevent them from all sorts of potential ways, but you can also pinpoint any nanners or pollen sacs being formed. Now if you do have a plant that pops one or two sacs or nanners, it's not the end of the world. Remember, Hermes do test higher in potency and you really won't lose any cannabinoid compounds if you manage to prevent your plant from seeding itself out, as your plant won't put hormone production into seed development. Instead, you'll get all the cool benefits of Hermes like increased trichome production. If you catch a sac or nanner, just take some clean tweezers and very carefully remove it. You want to make sure you don't allow that sac or nanner to open up anywhere near your plants. You don't want any pollen in that room. Now we hope you listeners have enjoyed this episode this week and feel more confident preventing hermaphrodites in your garden. Be sure to follow along on whichever platform you lovely listeners are listening from so you don't miss a single episode of the Homegrown Podcast. If you want to cultivate amazing and stable strains that are top notch, check out www.homegrowncannabisco.com and browse over 500 quality strains. If you have any questions or wish to further your cannabis education, head over to www.homegrowncannabisco.community and sign up to our forum for free today. We have dozens of threads, articles, and helpful moderators to answer all of your questions. I myself am one of the moderators on the forum, so be sure to tag Chronic, that's K-R-O-N-I-C, and I'll be happy to help you growers along your cultivation journey. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, and much love, happy growing, and peace.